0: What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's the Mailbag Edition. We're answering all your questions. You brought it this week. Not that you don't every week, but I tell you what, there's some really good questions, especially for June. Uh, so we're going to get to all of those. And here to help me do that is my dear friend and only my dear friend. Find him on Twitter at BarleyHop. I'm not used to doing this. Craig Stout, I get to to introduce you. Uh, First time in a long time that we've
1: done it like this. That is the first time in a long time that we've done it like this. Uh, Matty Lane is not able to join us tonight. He got bumped much like Jared Stidham got bumped by the Patriots tonight with them signing Cam Newton. And odds shooting, you know, way down. Like, I mean, they are now favorites to make the playoffs. Of course that's, they are. That's that's wild. I mean, it was one of those stretches where it was like, okay, is this the year? Are the Patriots just going to tank it for Trevor Lawrence or whoever? But honestly, that's that, I think they're pretty sitting comfortably in a
0: wild card spot now. Yeah, what a move by them. I love it. I think it's great. And here's the thing. I don't want to be fascinated by this. I know. I don't want to be fascinated by it, but I am. I really want to see what happens. And so now, we, now now I'm going to be fascinated in the New England Patriots. For
1: sure. For sure. That matchup early in the season gets a lot more fun for the Chiefs. A lot more fun to cover. Oh, oh great.
0: Well, they're, co- they're coming, aren't they?
1: They're coming. They're coming. <sighs> but you know that they're going to come. They have to do it without a 2021 20, third-round pick for a, a fence that they had to – you know, take a first round penalty earlier. I don't
0: know how the NFL works with that, but uh. well, it's the chiefs. If, (laughs) if you tamper, you get more, you get double. It's whatever. I rant. Swanson doesn't need to come out this early. (laughs) I think you're just trying to delay the inevitable here with the five star review questions because the first two, uh, two people really didn't even ask questions. They just wanted, they wanted to get some, some, some Hollywood hop jokes off it. This is just delightful. Both of them used Hollywood hop. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, comma, question mark, semicolon, ampersand, colon, ampersand, dash dash asks, when will Mr. Pro Football talk Hollywood hops next autograph signing be? Also, how can Arrowhead Pride afford to keep him? Any chance he gives a home a home town discount, or they just give him Pete's job? Well done. Comma, question mark, semicolon, ampersand, colon, <laughs> ampersand, dash dash slash slash. That's a slash. Jeff Shaw, 12, is the is the only person who understands defense better than Craig Stout, Bill Belichick? And a real question for Hollywood Hop, can you gush about on Matthew Adams Thornhill Safety Room? And have you got a chance to drink Boulevard worth the wait?
1: Okay, first of all, <laughs> y'all need to cool it with this.
0: Don't cool it! I... Uh...
1: Uh <laughs> listen but now I'm right below Bill Belichick. Stop. You you guys know so much better than that. There are thirty million people that know football better than me. So And yet don't. you're
0: responding.
1: Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. It's delightful.
0: Anyways, answer it. the man's questions.
1: I have been able to drink Boulevard Worth the Wait. I, I actually drank it yesterday, went and picked up a couple of bottles. It is their best championship beer. They made one for Sporting KC. They made one for the Royals. This is their best iteration of a championship beer. I wasn't a big fan of either one of those two. So this one's pretty good. Imperial Red, almost 10%. It, it's a good red. So if you like those, go get that. And then, yeah. Tyron and Jamal Adams and Juan Thornhill, my goodness you all three of those guys can do literally everything that you want a safety to do they can kick down especially Adams can kick down and play linebacker they can kick out into the slot each one of them can play deep a little bit there and you can just kind of move them around throughout your coverage call it makes it very difficult for a quarterback to know and expect where safeties are going to be one of the first reads for a quarterback can can speak to this pretty soon here oh yeah but one of the first things that they look for is where these safeties are if you are moving them around with the frequency that Steve Spagnuolo does that's going to be a situation where the Chiefs defense is going to have extra time to rush the passer because you know the quarterback has to sort everything out so I am 100% for it
0: yeah the three safeties with the versatility that can do anything they want especially since even last year without a third dominant safety I'm not trying to throw shade at Dan Sorensen but Mm -mm. um as a quarterback, some of the stuff that the Chiefs were doing, rotating their safeties and basically putting one of their safeties rotating into a Tampa, basically, uh, is just some of the it's sexy. I just love it so much and it's just good football. And it's it messes with, you know, a lot of like he like like Craig said, your 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 process a lot of the times starts with the safeties at the snap of the ball. Where are the safeties? Well, mixing things up and, and doing some of the stuff they already do with with a lesser safety, add, add Jamal Adams into the mix and whoo. Okay, and option routes too. Option routes too. If you got a wide receiver
1: that's reading a you know the coverage, trying to run oh, yeah. an option route or something like that, that messes with it too. Oh, so.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Zach. Zach Tuttle. What is the AP Laboratories projected running back room come Week One? Uh, okay, so, Craig, you you can lead us off. I'm gonna go. Obviously, Clyde.
1: I think Dara Williams, and I think. Um, Oh, I'm going to go with Darwin Thompson for now, plus Anthony Sherman. Does that mean Damian Williams is gone? That means that I think that they find some value for Damian Williams. That's all that is. Not in a cut. They find a move, you know, near the deadline.
0: They're just waiting Bill O'Brien out. Yeah, basically. I I tend to believe... Like, I, I think that she should cut Damian... Or not cut. I think that she should trade Damian Williams. I don't think they're going to. So... But Daryl's Daryl's your RB3. I think Darwin's on the outside looking in, and maybe you can trade him. Speaking of trading Damien and Darwin, here's a, a question from the Gmail account. If you like what if you like, you know, like what we're doing, want to ask a question, but you don't have Twitter, you haven't left a, left, left us a five star review, apnerd squad at gmail.com. Swede asks, please imagine you were Brett Veach. Uh, he says over under for the following trade offers, let's just go. I'm gonna we're gonna do it this way. Would you would you do this offer? Okay. Would you would you take this offer, uh, Damian Williams for a fourth round pick? Sign me up. I think that's fantastic value. You do that every single time. Craig Darwin Thompson for a seventh. I'm keeping Darwin for a seventh.
1: Uh, seventh round draft picks are mostly, you know, kind of crapshoots. And you can usually trade back in with the six like the Chiefs did this year. So it's not that big of a deal. So I'm keeping Darwin Thompson. I think he offers enough juice to stay on the roster
0: for a seventh. Chris Jones for a top 20 pick or two second rounders. If it's this off season, no. No. I'm not taking... Well, you're not going to know if it's a top 20 pick or not. I'm not taking a first round pick right now for Chris Jones. I'm not taking anything for Chris Jones right now in 2020. I'm keeping Chris Jones for 2020. I think there's some more Chris Jones questions. We'll get there. Uh, Travis... Okay, Craig. Here we go. Travis Kelsey, after he wins Super Bowl MVP against Tampa Bay. Tom with an O. Great job. Great job. Uh, a first-rounder, and David Putney, because I feel like it. If you haven't seen the movie Draft Day, you don't even get that one. But would you trade Travis Kelsey for a first-round pick next year?
1: Oh, man. I mean, yeah. An aging aging tight end after the second Super Bowl. Now, you run the risk of angering the locker room. I obviously don't know how that dynamic works and all of that, so he's probably worth it to keep around just for Pat's buddy, but... I mean, from a pure value standpoint, a tight end that's as old as he is, who knows how many years he has left in a tank for a first-rounder, oof, that'd be real tempting. I want to be a year late with Travis Kelsey, I think. Yeah, me too. I'm fine with being a year late.
0: That's not the case for everyone on this roster. I think it is for Travis Kelsey. Um, uh, I think there's some more Kelsey questions later that we'll probably get to. Robbie from Maryland gents, was watching some 2010 to 2016 Chiefs games and the thought occurred to me that Tyron Matthew in 2019 was better than peak Eric Berry during that stretch. Are, am I crazy? Is he crazy?
1: I... Oh man, that's that's real close. I, peak Eric Berry was excellent. Peak Eric Berry could do a little bit of everything. Peak Eric Berry also had a little more help from a pass rush, not necessarily in the secondary, but from a pass rush standpoint, Tyron Matthew is just being used in his best possible way. And Tyron Matthew, as I've maintained at the end of the year, was defensive player of the year worthy. I don't know if any point in the stretch of Eric Berry at his peak, if I can say that. So I'm going with Tyron. I realize that that's a little bit of recency bias and Super Bowl bias and everything like that. But
0: Tyron was just phenomenal at the close out the year. I just think about, like, Eric Berry was released, like, 15 months ago. I know. Doesn't it feel like three years ago? Yeah. This isn't even well, a COVID Super I mean, the Super, Bowl- like,
1: the Super Bowl feels like three years ago, but yeah, yeah. but
0: no, this isn't even like a, it's just like, and everybody was freaking out. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are we going to do without Justin Houston? What are we going to do without D Ford? What are we going to do without Eric Berry? Well, you won a Super Bowl, and you completely changed the outlook and the complexion of your defense and the culture of your defense. I don't know. They have. They know what they're doing. I, I. I just. I just. I don't know. Just a reminder. A little bit of rant got out there too. Nick asks. Thank you or says thanks you guys for the great content. I never got this much into the draft until hearing and reading everything produced at AP. That's so cool. Thank you for that. Uh, What's more likely next season, assuming the NFL plays a full season or close to it? Pat wins the MVP or Clyde Edwards Alaire wins the Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think the thing is, if Pat wins the MVP, Clyde's probably winning the offensive rookie (laughs) of the year. Like, it might be just... Like, if the answer... If the question was, Pat only wins it, Clyde only wins it, or both win it, I'd probably take both. This is a very difficult question. It Uh, is. And uh, the the fact that Lamar won it last
1: year means that Pat has a shot. Like, if we were talking going into year three, like, if Pat had won it two years in a row... I think they would have found a way to give it to somebody else.
0: Yeah. But because he
1: missed last year, I think he's got a little bit of an inside track.
0: I think it's Pat. Just, uh, It's tough, though. It's very tough. Joe Burrow's probably going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, probably. probably. Although probably. it's always safe to bet running back. For offensive rookie of the year, everybody gets excited, and then four years later, you got to debate whether or not you're going to pay him. Let's jump to the Twitter questions. Brandon four twenty two, listening to Jason over the Jason at Jason OTC. Uh, that's Jason from Over the Cap uh, podcast. He basically said you have to pick between Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew for cap space. Who are you picking, Craig? One of these is Steve Spagnuolo's favorite weapon and a culture
1: changer in the locker room the guy that they hung the leadership role on I don't think that it's particularly close I'm keeping Tyron Matthew like they just do so much more with Tyron Matthew I think if Chris Jones was a priority they would have come to the table already They would have been discussing some things already and they haven't so I think Tyron Matthew is a fairly easy answer here and Steve Spagnuolo would stand on the table for Tyron Matthew
0: I hate this question uh it's it's tough good good job Brandon I think I lean tired Matthew from a cost-effective perspective uh, from a culture perspective like tired Matthew's gonna still be cheaper on a per year average a little bit more flexibility there um, and tired Matthews the unquestioned leader of this defense it's not Chris uh and I if you were giving me number two I'd say Frank I think Frank was brought in to help try to change the culture up front too um so you know i i but it, God, it's so tough I, it, I i think it's matthew for cost but jones it's like this i mean that makes it easier to pay chris jones what you want even though i'm not i'm not at the 21 million dollars i think we're gonna get more chris jones questions that's probably gonna carry over here j bull 13 who would be one person offensive or defense that you would realistically consider trading chris jones for I am not trying to trade Chris Jones in 2020. I I know like we've talked about the, the Jamal Adams, you know, trade. And I I wound up on, I don't want to trade Chris Jones this year. I want to let him go out there and try to earn his money again. Uh, and and then probably trade him in 2021 because he's not going to, he's not going to go down from his number that the Chiefs haven't yet met. So I'm not trying to create, trade Chris Jones for anyone uh sure okay aaron donald okay great right cool but like (laughs) let's just be honest like that's not happening i the only thing that would make me think about it is maybe like a premier player um from like the 2019 draft like a top 10 defensive player from the 2019 draft because there's four years of club control left so like cleland farrell you, you uh, trade Chris. D- <laughs> uh, I,
1: I know. I was just thinking it was a historically great edge class. Uh, the Raiders are getting a little something, something out of Max Crosby already. I was trying to figure out, you know, another avenue. But yeah, I'm, I'm with Kent. Unless the compensation is just ridiculous, you know, if, if they're trading, you know, Jalen Ramsey, which uh, it makes no sense why they would trade for Chris Jones, but you know, like that level, Jalen Ramsey, Tredavious White, want like a top tier true lockdown, shutdown corner that can take away you know half the field up all on his own. I think that would be a situation where I'd consider it, but straight up, I'm not trading Chris Jones for just about anybody.
0: Okay, Jacksonville offers you Josh Allen. Oh, man.
1: Okay, yeah. I J- Josh Allen is awesome. Josh this, Allen is excellent.
0: This one's a little bit interesting for some reasons. Buffalo offers you Ed Oliver. Ooh. Who who is not the best scheme fit because he's, he's going to come in at two eighty five, right?
1: And he still needs work. He didn't have the best year last year. Um, man, that's a tough one when you're trying to run it back. That's not a run it back move for certain. Ed that's Oliver in it, it touch it. at least with Josh Allen. You're thinking, okay, you've got two stud edge rushers now and then great depth behind them. Like you could figure out a way to maybe make that work.
0: It's all about cost control. It uh, is. maybe we should just stop here and talk about Chris a little bit, because I don't know if we've really had a chance to talk about the recent reports that, uh, Chris Jones is asking for $21 million plus a year. I believe it's over $21 million around uh, 21 or, or around 21, 20, yeah. 21 APY, 21 million APY. Um, the chiefs, still have yet to make an offer for Chris Jones. Uh, and James Palmer comes out and says, COVID has something to do with this situation because the Chiefs uh, don't know what the salary cap is going to be next year. It's already going to be tight. Craig, what is your thought on all that?
1: I think that that is BS. I, frankly, let, let's be real here. I, I have been stating all along that uh, the Chiefs are saying one thing, and they're doing another with Chris Jones. And the NFL, by and large, didn't, wasn't worried tremendously about the salary cap when they could have been discussing contract with Chris Jones. That's definitely maybe the case now, but the fact that they've not ever come to the table to talk to Chris Jones makes me think that they weren't ever really planning to come to the table and talk to Chris Jones. And now they have a nice little out here. Now it may be, that that's the case that nobody really wants to pay anybody right now. And that is the situation. But if he was a priority, like they made him seem, if they really wanted to go after him and attack him in the way that they were, they wouldn't be, you know, messing around with him right now. And their chiefs are still going to spend a lot of money this off season because they're paying Patrick Mahomes this off season. So I, it's not a situation where they're everybody's risk is risk averse to paying a player.
0: Yeah. They're not going to be so scared to spend money when it t- comes time in July to pay Patrick Mahomes. I tend to agree with you, Craig. It didn't, I mean, they didn't make an offer before COVID. Right. They, they haven't made an offer or really had contact after COVID. It just, what, what tangible evidence do we have that that's happening, that the chiefs are interested in keeping Chris Jones? Like I I'm asking, honestly, it's Brett Veach speaking.
1: That's that's what it is. And that's what everybody kind of hangs on is that Veach said he's a priority for us. And well, so, yeah, it makes everybody go, okay, we're going to take Veach at his word there.
0: Okay, but if they haven't talked to him. I know. Yeah, And we're 17 days from the deadline. Mm-hmm. 17 as we sit here. When this pod gets over, it's going to be, when you guys hear it, it's going to be 16. Mm-hmm. And a holiday in there. Like, they're really bringing it down to the deadline. And have they made an offer since last summer? Have they made an offer since last summer?
1: It doesn't sound like they have. The reports are they haven't made an offer since last summer, I believe. Ian Rappaport had said that they have not negotiated this off season, And we know that they weren't really talking during the season. They kind of leaned on the whole, yeah, we're offering you the Grady Jarrett deal. And the Cats brothers and Chris Jones said, "Nope, we're not taking it." Which smart to them. Get your money. I mean, they, he absolutely should get his money. But if the Chiefs aren't talking to him since then, that's the last deal.
0: That's there's such a big gap between that and what the market is now. It's twenty one million.
1: Yeah, and twenty one million. It's, it's like just, a
0: four million dollar APY.
1: That's yeah.
0: That's, that's massive.
1: A, that's, that's like twenty million dollars. You're on, two on a contract length. That's you're, a lot.
0: You're two DeMarcus Robinson's apart. <laughs> like, I mean, you're a whole draft pool apart. Almost. It's just wild.
1: It is wild. It is wild. And I'm sure for the Cats brothers and Chris Jones that they're sitting there right now going, "Okay, what what do we need to do?" he showed up, he played all season, he was there. Like what what more do we need to do? And the fact that they have this tag control with Chris Jones is going to make it very difficult now because if the Chiefs want compensation for Chris Jones outside of a third round compensatory pick in 2022, they've got to tag him again next year to try and trade him. Yeah. It's just and it's not a good situation.
0: But next year's next year's tag is $2 million less Per year than what what he wants exactly. that's what i'm saying like the Chiefs can tag him this year and then they can tag him next year at 19 million apy mm-hmm. 19.1 million and not mm-hmm. apy 19.1 million is the tag next year so what we're looking at is the Chiefs can get chris jones albeit guaranteed money for two straight years at less than what he wants for a long-term deal like the the cats the brothers need to to lower their price They do. If they want Chris Jones to get a long term deal, they're going to have. Like, I think the Chiefs have done this right. They have done this right. Well, the other way that they can do this is if they structure it
1: in a way. Like, if Chris Jones took less guaranteed money, but why would he do that? Like, he shouldn't do that. He's going to get
0: $36 million guaranteed over the next two years.
1: Right. He should absolutely take that guaranteed money rather than something where the structure of it's not great. And I don't believe that the Grady Jarrett deal—I don't have it right in front of me right now—but I don't believe that he, they're getting more guaranteed money than that. So it's it's a situation where where the Chiefs are maybe playing this right from a financial standpoint, but Chris Jones and the Cats brothers are absolutely, you know, wholeheartedly should hold out based on what they are going to get for the next two years.
0: Well, I think the Chiefs—I think the Chiefs have the right line on Chris Jones. I don't think it's twenty one million. I don't think I'd pay him twenty one million, personally. Will somebody else? Though I don't know. Honestly,
1: yeah. that's the are they the twenty one million dollar question? Do,
0: do other teams watch first down? I. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Like I do, I do. Okay, I'm just uh, he the people. We just need to have some real. Like I, I think the Chiefs have a good valuation of Chris Jones. I really do. He's an impact player. Extreme impact player against the past. Against Extreme. Against the past. Yeah. They're Frank Clarks of the world get paid what Frank Clarks of the world get to play because of what they do on first down. And what they do when no one else is looking. And right. they do all the dirty work, and they're where they're supposed to be at all times. Yeah. You pay yeah. those people. And I get that. I get that. True impact defender,
1: though. At one thing, we've seen guys like that get paid a lot of money. Now, it doesn't always
0: work out. It's Christian super- get paid. And someone's, someone's going to pay paying. him like I I think someone's going to wind up paying him 21 22 million. But they're going to get they're going to have to make some they're going to have to make some concessions on early downs.
1: Well, and and if that's the case then the Cats
0: brothers should absolutely hold firm if somebody's going to pay it. If they think I mean I I think that's I think someone could pay him. I just don't know when, where, how, and I don't know if there's going to be a pick attached to it. Right. I mean the whole right. thing is gonna, the whole thing's wild, man. It's just interesting. The whole thing's interesting. Um, it, I mean, the dude is one of the best interior defensive pass rushers in football, and it's yep. not really close. Like some of the stuff he does is like ridiculous. Yes, it's just how do you evaluate it with holes in its game? And I yeah. think that's where we're at. I don't think it's COVID. I don't. If it was COVID, we would have had more progress before COVID. I think that's the case as well. I think you would have had some
1: stuff lined out and then they would have walked away from the table saying, "Listen, we just can't because we don't know what the future is going to hold."
0: Yeah. Can we call a spade a spade? <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> like I, we're just shooting it straight right now. It feels like that this I mean, this is how I feel. I I there's so many things that we hear, "Oh, it's the COVID. It, it There's 17 days left for the priority that Brett Veach... The one thing we have is Brett Veach on the record saying he's a priority, and he's run out of time.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Actions
0: speak louder than words. That's the simple truth. I don't don't know, man. I just... The whole thing is so... It's so dumb. We're going to take a break. We'll be back after this.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity... and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
0: Okay. We we got more questions from Twitter. We only got through one through the break. This happens every time Maddie is not here. Me and Craig wind up going long. We think we have all the time in the world, and then it happens. Uh, Derek Vreeland asks, If McCool Hardman can take a step forward in his route running and mastery of Andy Reid's playbook, what do you see as his role this season in an offense loaded with talent? Great question. If he takes takes that step, uh,
1: Demarcus Robinson is going to be riding the pine. For a lot of this year, I know we had a question last week or maybe the week before about what Demarcus Robinson does extra in his game, blocking, getting downfield and kind of being that guy to lead everybody into the end zone there. If McCall Hardman takes those steps, it doesn't matter if he doesn't put in the same quote unquote effort on blocking. If he develops his route running and mastery of the playbook, he should be on the field because he's a better offensive weapon than DeMarcus Robinson would be in that situation. So that's his ceiling along with, you know, Tyreek Kill and Sammy Watkins, that would make Sammy a lot more expendable in the offseason next year.
0: Yeah, no, this would it'd be massive. I still don't think you have an X, a solution to X in 2021, but what you do have is two well-rounded legitimate threats on on offense. I think the thing with McCole Hardman is it's 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 the gaps in between the stuff at the line of scrimmage and the stuff down the field. Like there is a big glaring weakness there and if his route running improves and and builds and develops to where the rest of the route tree is developed, it really really puts a burden on on defenses the same way that that Tyreek Hill has that that burden put on them? Because you know, there's so many different things that he can do. Like, like Tyree Kill runs the best route at the sticks at, of anybody in the National Football League, and him and, and Patrick Mahomes together because of that vertical threat. If Tyree Kill or if, if McCole Hardman just develops that route, like if he just gets really good at that sticks route where he's pressing vertically, and then oh my, whoo! oh yeah, that opens everything up. It just, but like he's just got to develop. Like he just develop a few things like that. Everything off that vertical stem is just going to get better and better and better. And I'm not saying you're going to have two Tyreek Hills, but McCole Hardman as a developed route runner is not. It's, it's it's not far behind. in a lot of the value you have with Tyreek Hill and his speed, you have you now have with McCole Hardman too. It would be ridiculous. Burkham six. What's a skill that each of you have? That may surprise people, Craig. Well, I mean, would anything surprise us at this point, Craig Stout?
1: I have no skills. None. Everything that you've ever heard about me is inflated. Like, I, I could literally drop two pieces of wood on top of each
0: other, and these guys would have you believe that I'm a master woodworker. Time out. Time out. Time out. Craig, did you build an app to chart your defense? Yeah. Okay. Uh <laughs> Are you the new producer of this show? Yeah. Do you brew beer? <laughs> not, not recently. <laughs> Do you brew beer? I used to, yeah. Do you dabble in gardening? Yeah. Have you used wood to fashion things for your garden? I hate this. What? What? Why? The, no. Craig, Craig. what's your day job title? Engineer. <laughs> okay. Just curious. So um, any, any skills?
1: I was going to say I, I, I used to be a decent bowler.
0: uh i'm not a terrible singer believe it or not can't confirm i've done so yeah you probably kit sings all the time for us (laughs) yeah uh there's one song i sing a lot uh but it's okay um it's it's something i hum uh community people would love it um okay so since patrick lavon mahomes got a kc or got kc a whataburger what else from out of the KC area do you want Mahomes to bring to KC next? There is one answer that is correct, and every other answer falls short. NBA to KC, baby. Patrick Mahomes, let's do this. Let, you can name them the Mahomes. We can call them the Kansas City Mahomes. Jerseys would sell through the roof. Get an NBA team to kansas city patrick lavon mahomes maybe you can become an investor with your massive new contract maybe you can be the owner of the team i would that team would win championships they would go from they would go from expansion team to playoffs in one year
1: does everybody on the team have to get the mahomes haircut is that one of the things that has to happen
0: well all i know is kelly Ubre basically has it already so we can get a ku jayhawk (laughs) back in town I, just saying, just saying, just saying. There's no that's that's probably the right answer. I was gonna say
1: Allagash beer from the Northeast, just because I I love drinking their beer. But I've know. heard
0: a lot of people talk that place up.
1: It's good. They make really high quality staple beers.
0: Clint McKenzie, hi Kent. <laughs> when Rant Swanson takes over your body, are you self aware or do you just emerge later as from a fugue state? <laughs> Ray Swanson for president by the way. Thanks for everything. I don't know how this happens, Craig. So I I don't know if I'm self-aware. It just something in my brain switches off. It's like I read enough from Twitter that day to see some takes flying that just made me want to lose my mind or something like that. But like once I get going, I just I don't want to stop. I want to just be I, I just want to be brutally honest. I was I, I was listening back to some stuff what never mind. I was listening back to some stuff and we had some good moments here this uh, this year with Rant Swanson, didn't we? This is this is not a situation where he's playing it up for the podcast, you guys. He
1: <laughs> he hits these heights <laughs> when it's off podcast as in well. real
0: life. Like it does happen. Like this isn't just a bit. Like I'm sure like it's probably been magnified a little bit because there's a microphone in front of me. But like let's not act like I haven't gone on long monologues. With some anger, with some vitriol. yeah. (laughs) Those might be better anyway. Those are better. Those are better. Weed Mouse asks, as Mahomes matures physically, can his arm talent improve enough to surpass Jared Goff and become a top five arm talent? I used to like Colin Coward. I used to really like Colin Coward. And now... I, he's very obviously running out of things to talk about because he put um, like Drew Brees in his top five arm talents with Tom Brady. Kyler Murray probably got right. I think there's – he's close. But I think there's an argument to be made that you could do an entire top five list without his top five. Russell Wilson was the only one that came close. If you don't know say. what we're talking about – I'm sorry. I maybe I thought Weed Mouse might have gotten gotten you there. Colin Coward did a top five list of arm talents and didn't include Patrick Mahomes at all, at all, or
1: Josh Allen for that matter, or even Aaron Rodgers, even in his old age, or
0: Matthew age. Stafford,
1: or Matthew Stafford. I mean.
0: I'm telling you, you could make a list without the five that he listed.
1: It's it's absolutely insane. Clearly, Colin Coward has not have the fine people at Arrowhead Pride providing him good content on a week-to-week basis <laughs> and has to create things for himself. So thank you, guys, because otherwise we'd be doing terrible top five lists probably as well.
0: Yeah, shout out to Colin Coward for giving us a minute to talk about how <laughs> ridiculous his take is. Fakiti Ballass asks, I'm sorry if I, if I botched that, by the way. 100% serious question. Arrowhead Pride had an article about Fitzmagic last week. Would it be considered disrespectful to anyone? I wrote that article. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know exactly what you're asking here. I just want to make sure I address it. There's no disrespect. It's just honoring the greatest person in the history of the world besides Patrick Levon Mahomes. I mean, that's really all it was. I was just taking a moment to thank Ryan Fitzpatrick for doing, uh, you know, everything in his power to ensure that Patrick Mahomes' legacy and the Kansas City Chiefs were able to enjoy a Super Bowl victory. So, shout out to Fitzmagic. d Dut 120. Uh, Boomer busts for Demarcus Robinson in 2020. Does he walk or get a decent extension next offseason?
1: I don't think the Chiefs are probably going to pay him. Uh, The Chiefs kind of didn't want to pay him this offseason, and the market was just nothing for him, so they got him back on a one-year deal. I think they're going to let him walk. I, I hope he plays well enough to where he's getting a decent extension next offseason. I'm a little surprised that nobody wanted to pay him. Throughout all of this, like, I think we were all, all three of us, I think it even said that we expected that his market is going to be decently strong. So, it was a little surprising to see him back this year already.
0: Well, that was off reports that his, uh, his market was going to be strong. Like, there was markets, like, don't be surprised when Demarcus Robinson makes more money. The whole wide receiver, more money than you think, The w- but the wide receiver market got de- depressed. Like, very depressed. I don't understand why that was one of the like. I, maybe you can blame COVID because everyone else is blaming COVID for everything uh, in, in the NFL contracts. So, um, uh, GMF scrap. Do you see Tano Passanio taking a huge step forward this year? I
1: I think he took a huge step forward last year. I, I think we need to note that he definitely progressed quite a bit from what he had done the previous two years. This is a contract year, and as Therese always says, the contract year is undefeated. I do think that Steve Spagnuolo figured out about halfway through the year exactly how he could use him and maximize him as a player, both you know as an interior rusher and a little bit on the edge. They put him in his best chance to succeed. I foresee that continuing, especially since Alex Okafor hasn't really been a healthy player Throughout his career, Tano Pasigno would be like probably the next man up fighting with Taco Charlton for that role.
0: Jay, the fan, one COVID nineteen virus is an issue this season. Was wondering your thoughts on the Chiefs if the coaches got hit. How much does the head coach matter on game days? Do the Chiefs have an advantage on the rest of the AFC West with their depth of coaching? I mean, this is such an interesting question. I think the team the Here's, here's the honest truth about this. It's the team that stays healthiest within their coaching staff is the one that has the advantage. I don't think there's – because, I mean, it's not like every – it's not like going to be a, a week where every hood coach in the National Football League gets COVID. It's going to be spotty here or there potentially if that's going to happen. So, um, you know, it's not an advantage if anyone gets it and it's not going to be an equal advantage throughout the playoffs. You're going like if you, if you're going in the playoffs and one of your coaches gets covid, it's not like the it's not like Bill O'Brien has to sit out. Although in that instance, Bill O'Brien sitting out might be for the best for that football team. But um as far as what Andy Reid does during the during game, Andy Reid's the play caller. I know that that I know that um Eric Bieniemy calls the plays in, but Eric Bieniemy is not the play caller and he is not the script builder and he is not the play designer. He designed some, but it's Andy. I mean, this is Andy's show. This is this is Andy's show. So losing Andy Reed would be massive. That being said, Eric Benham could do it. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it that Eric Benham could do it. Uh, MO4, what is Mahomes prime going to look like? That's the, this is just a good opportunity for everyone to be reminded that Patrick Mahomes is not even close to his prime yet. And this was only two years of starting experience that we have seen. And the crazy thing is, before the injury, he some of he looked as sharp as he ever has. In some stuff, he's such a quick processor compared to 2018. It's ridiculous, and he's only going to continue to get better. It's the mental side. It's not the physical side that like physical side is going to always be there. The mental side of things what this man is going to be doing if you notice like i mean he didn't he didn't do the no look pass this year and all that stuff but he was just dicing and slicing and dicing people up because he's processing quicker that's not going to slow down that's the crazy thing it's basically what for an NFL quarterback i'm sorry i'm going long for an NFL quarterback it's i'm going you know it's i'm going to continue to to ascend mentally I'm going to continue to ascend mentally for 20 years of my career. And it's just a matter of how long my body will allow me to do it. So that's why at 35, Patrick Mahomes at 35 even, he's just going to be so freaking smart, 15 years of experience in the National Football League to to, to work from and still a ridiculous arm talent. But it, that's that's really what it is. It's just that the mental side's never slowing down ever. Didn't slow down for Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or anyone Drew Brees just can't throw. That's his problem. <laughs> Arm talent Brees, though. Had to get the Drew Brees slander in there. Now, Mahomes' prime
1: looks like what Uncle Rico thinks he would have <laughs> been like if his coach would have put him in the game.
0: Oh, Andrew Richard six. What is your game day playlist for a Chiefs game? Also, can we get another Maddie game? Well, we can't get a Maddie game today because he's not here. But Craig, what's your playlist look like?
1: Uh, if it's a bigger game with a good offense or something like that, something a little more upbeat, maybe a little Kendrick Lamar or some Rage Against the Machine. But if it's more of like a, a Timpa, you know, down kind of game or something like that, like some Marion Hill or I don't know, something something that's easy to kind of groove to play
0: on the back. Man, I don't really listen to music during during like uh, for the cheese game. Like I. If I'm out of Arrowhead, here's, here's just a f- good chance for me to tell a fun story about my tailgating experiences. One of my friends was able to make a mixtape of songs that just included Romeo Cronell drops in them. <laughs> <laughs> so during the 2012 season, when we had like, we got season tickets, the 2012 season, that was, I tell you what, it's still, it was, it was something to be a part of that experience. But he would we would get like uh p o d boom, here comes the boom he he put he put Romeo Cornell going boom, oh god <laughs> um, he he had a whole playlist of songs that would just that's phenomenal it was so good that's and so shout out to my my boy Pete for that, not Pete Sweeney different pete <laughs> uh chief boy r d g there's lots of chiefs fan or chiefs coverage available nowadays and it's wonderful. Is there anyone that you pay attention to and appreciate their insight besides the OG Therese Paler? Because, duh. Anyone you find you have the most different perspective opinions on. Uh, Kansas City has a lot of great talent out there. It's a fantastic community. We try to actively avoid reading or listening to anybody, except for Therese. We kind of we make an exception for Therese because it's a national show. And like, I, but really our whole, our whole, our whole thing has always been trying to avoid other people's takes so that when you hear our takes, it is our take, not somebody else's, not someone else's, you know, pouring over into ours. Uh, It's just an, it's just an attempt to help keep our minds clear and let us kind of focus on stuff. But you're right. The community is fantastic. I would put, I would put chiefs, I would put chiefs content up against anyone. I I defy New England to bring the, to lay the kind of wood that we can. Shots fired at Mark Schofield. My Mark goodness. Mark's on Mark's with every group though. Like Mark's Mark's That's doing true. something in every market. Mark's got a great Mark's a national guy now. Like he's basically our Dan Orlovsky now because he's just out covering every quarterback. It's true. It's true. I'm coming. I'm talking to you, kissed Michael. Kissed. We're coming for you, buddy. <laughs> No, they do like three times our numbers it's cetera. Seriously, yeah. They are they're just they're, they're a, a monster. They're, they're a juggernaut. A uh BR Setterberg asks, "Can we get a quick barley hop overview reminder of what the Mike, Sam, and Will linebackers do and why some players are better at one than the other?"
1: Okay, going to touch on this, going to try and make it quick here just because I've seen some confusion there. I, uh, Mike, Sam, and Will, naming-wise, Mike Stands for middle. Sam stands for strong. Will stands for weak. That's where they align on the defense there. Your Sam linebacker today tends to, in a Spagnola scheme, be a little bit more of a thumper. We saw Reggie Raglan play there last year. Damian Wilson started the season there. He's more of your run stuffer and the guy that's going to come off the field first. The Mike is the guy that's organizing the fronts. He's responsible for some interior gaps there. He's got to be able to stack and shed interior linemen that are climbing, and he's got to be able to drop into coverage, into hook zones there. He typically stays on the field in the nickel package, and the Will linebacker is typically your most athletic guy because he aligns he tends to align on the same side opposite of the running back so he's chasing the running back as the running back goes away or if the running back kicks out in the flat he's the guy responsible for kicking out and covering him he's going to be your best coverage linebacker your fastest most most athletic guy more of a gap shooting type guy that's willie
0: gay uh craig i have a follow-up question it's very important um who is the mike sam and will of this podcast oh man i yo you're really putting me on the spot
1: (laughs) um kent is the mike because he organizes the podcast every week
0: dang it i wanted Um, to be the will
1: uh maddie's the will I wanted you to tell me that I was the
0: fastest person on this podcast. No,
1: no, because Maddie is the most youthful and pliable and (laughs) agile of the three of us. And I am the Sam because I should only be in 25% of the podcast. My value is diminished compared to your
0: two. So you're a luxury Sam. I'm a luxury Sam. Uh, you heard it here first. Craig just called himself Luxury. No, Ice, Luxury Sam. Ice <laughs> Goose. I, I I heard something different. Uh, Ice Goose asks, whenever Spaggs leaves the staff and Brendan Daly is the next defensive coordinator shooting his shot, mm-hmm. uh, which will eventually lead him to getting a head coaching job someday, do you think he will be considered from the Andy Reid tree or the Bill Belichick tree or a mixture of the two? It's going
1: to be the Andy Reid tree because if he moves up to that defensive coordinator position, that is a higher position than he ever held under Bill Belichick. And so I think really he's just going to be in the Spagnolo tree because Spagnolo is going to, you know, lead the staff and be a head coach and build his own tree off of Andy Reid's.
0: Is he, though? Yeah, he is. He definitely if, is. If Steve Spagnolo gets a job before Eric Bienemy, I'm going to be He won't. He won't. It, it's going to be
1: Eric Bienemy and Robert Sala next year. I think Spags may be a safe choice for another at 63 organization. Sixty-three
0: years old. Listen,
1: safe choice.
0: How's that? How's that working for? Uh, I mean, I know. I know Spags has. Uh, I know Spags has. Uh, you know, head coaching experience already. But how's that working for Denver right now?
1: Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> Vic Fangio, is something else, man.
0: Drewski, Ed, thirteen. Who makes the roster at QB three? This is an interesting question because the answer is typically no one. But with COVID, I'm wondering if the Chiefs don't carry a third quarterback and if that quarterback's name isn't Jordan tamu uh, I Shea Patterson has absolutely zero chance of making this football team. Uh Shea Patterson, I'm not trying here to dunk on a Chief. I'm but I'm I don't consider him a Chief. I I he's just he's not good. He's not good. <laughs> he's just... I'm sorry. I, I don't understand it. It's going to be a short-lived time in Kansas City. I'll be stunned if he makes the practice squad. And maybe we'll come up with some kind of bet where if he's on the Patrick, practice squad, I'll do something. Oh, that, that,
1: yes. I love yeah. this. I love this.
0: Yeah. yeah, we'll come up with something. But... I, <laughs> Don't get me started on Shea Patterson. He's, he's cut from the Kirk cousins cloth for me, I guess Benjamin D Foss. Realistically, how many more years can we expect Travis Kelsey to play at the level he's hit the last four years before age hits him? And when should the chiefs begin investing in young talent to develop as his eventual replacement?
1: I think I can alluded to this earlier in the podcast. Um, you want to be late on Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has done enough for this organization that I think he's worth the benefit of the doubt, you know, barring a major injury that kills his season. I think he's going to stick here as long as you know, he's producing, which there doesn't appear to be any signs of slowing for Kelsey. And this is the first off season that he's been healthy. So that's the other part of this. He's accumulated injuries throughout his career that have limited his offseason over the last several years, and it hasn't mattered. He's still been the best tight end in the game. Sorry, George, but he is. And so I think that you're going to see another two or three years of Travis Kelsey at this level before you start to see the downturn there. And in that regard... You don't necessarily need to invest in a big tight end to replace him in Andy Reid's offense because Andy doesn't like using 12 personnel as much as some other guys. And so I think it's a situation where he'd rather spread him out, rather play 11 personnel, and he'd rather put more wide receivers on the field. So I think you're just going to see Kelsey in there for as long as possible.
0: Find him by me. Uh, Adam Cole, 86. Who would be the best ultimate tag contestants from the Chiefs and the Royals, one from each team? The correct answer is Tyreek Hill and Raul Mondesi Jr. There it is. Problem solved. That would be a fun competition. Tyreek Hill would win, by the way. No no shade at Rawl Jr. All right, that is going to do it for the mailbag edition. I don't know if we're going to have Maddie back next on Wednesday, maybe. We'll see. I don't know. Who knows? Hopefully. But uh, we'll uh, thank you. appreciate you all for listening to us, and we'll catch you later.